Welcome to the Broken Vessels Podcast. Jeremiah 18.4 states, And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. This is the Broken Vessels Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Simpkins. This is a podcast where we have discussions on theological themes for the broken to bring encouragement and hope in Christ. And I would like to welcome you back to the Broken Vessels podcast. I'm so happy that you've joined me today. And today, it's just me. (laughs) Uh, I'm not doing any kind of interview today or anything like that, but it's just going to be you listening to me talk to you today about some things that have been on my heart in the last couple of weeks. Something that came up for me, again, going through Twitter, which I've shared about kind of my thoughts on Twitter and Facebook and some of the things that go on online that, in my opinion, are very toxic. I tweeted something after just going through several things in my feed through Twitter where I was seeing people that claim Christ disagreeing with one another. So the theme of this podcast today is brokenness and disagreement and how we as believers, because of what Christ has done for us, should strive for godly disagreement. Now, a lot of people probably have their own definitions of what that is. I understand that. But ultimately, we can see the examples of people like Paul, like Peter, and like Christ himself, how they disagreed with certain people and how they called out false teachers in certain ways. And the tweet that I put out after going through that feed, I said, being uncharitable and snarky when calling out falsehoods or people you don't agree with only makes you as bad as they are. We as Christians are called to be kind. Don't become what you hate. In other words, there's a lot of toxic people out there that have brought brokenness to us in our lives, that have treated us unkindly, that have caused spiritual abuse and damage to us in our lives. But if we go to a point where we begin responding to those people in the way that they behave, and I'm not just talking about the people that have immediately abused us spiritually, but people that maybe trigger that response in us. If we start responding to people in those ways, then we're going down the path of being abusive ourselves. And of course, we want to guard ourselves against that kind of behavior because it doesn't do anything for the cause of Christ. The only thing that it does is it just continues to bring strife among the body of Christ. Now, there's a caveat that has to be said here that we do have to call out falsehood. I completely agree with that. But how do we do that? Well, we call out falsehood with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how Paul did it. That's how Christ himself did it. And I want to go to a passage of scripture to start off this conversation. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I want to begin reading in verse 1. And Paul says this, 
to the Corinthians. He says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay, I'm going to pause there. That is important. Christ must be the center of everything when we are addressing all of the nonsense that is out there doctrinally, all of it. Christ must be the center. If Christ isn't the center, then call it out, but call it out with gentleness and respect, not snarkiness, not sarcasm. I think we got to be very, very careful in the way that we behave in that way. He goes on to say, he says, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. That's important. Although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Now listen, I'm going to pause here. We're not talking about some secret knowledge or secret wisdom like the Gnostics talk about. That's not what Paul's talking about at all in this passage. He's talking about the secret of knowledge and secret of wisdom of the fact that Christ is it. It's not the wisdom of this world. It's not the behavior of the people of this world, but it is that upside down spirituality that we're talking about. And we've talked about that several times on this podcast. I'm going to go on. Verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So the mind of Christ is that which brings unity among the body. I go to another passage in Romans chapter 16, beginning with verse 17, and Paul instructs the Romans, he says, I appeal to you to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. Okay, what is the doctrine that we've been taught? Well, what did Paul just tell us in 1 Corinthians? I did not know anything among you except Christ and him crucified. In other words, that's the gospel. It's Christ. It's the grace of God in Christ. That is what we're talking about. 
He goes on in verse 18, For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you, but I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent, as to what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. He's not saying in this passage that it's all about your obedience. I mean, if anybody knows, as you read through the book of Romans, he's made it very clear. It is not the law that saves. It is Christ. He's also made it clear that their obedience is known to all. But what is that obedience in? Well, it's in their faith in Christ. And it's the outflowing and the outworking of what Christ has done in their lives. Now, there are those that would like to argue about that, continue to argue about it. And when they do, they are snarky and they are sarcastic and they're very uncharitable. We, saints and sinners, simultaneously have the tendency or the temptation to respond in that way ourselves. And what did Paul just say? He said, don't respond with the wisdom of the world. Don't respond in the way that they respond. Don't slap back in the way that they do. Do it in a way that honors the Lord Christ. Now, you'll say to me, well, Josh, we're supposed to call out false teachers. I completely and fully agree with you. And even in some cases, we're to call out those that claim the name of Christ. And especially when it comes to the purity of of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul tells us in Ephesians 5.11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Yeah, we have to expose those works of darkness. Even Paul himself said that in Galatians 2.11-14, he said, when Cephas, or Peter, the apostle Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. Why? For prior to the coming of certain men, from James. He used to eat with the Gentiles, but when they came, he began to withdraw and hold himself aloof, fearing the party of the circumcision. The rest of the Jews joined him in hypocrisy, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in the presence of all, if you, being a Jew, live like the Gentiles and not like the Jews, How is it that you compel the Gentiles to live like Jews? Paul saw a gospel schism, a gospel heresy that was a problem. He saw it in action. Not that Peter was being heretical, but he was leaning into the heresy of these false teachers, and then it was drawing others away. So yes, we must expose the works of darkness, the teaching of darkness, false teaching, But it must be done in a way that is winsome and kind and gracious and sometimes firm. Certainly we should be firm. But how are we glorifying God if we slap back at people with the same snark that they're slapping us with? All that does is perpetuate the toxicity of their behavior and their sin. This is something that took me a long time to learn, to be quiet to be slow to speak, to be slow to become angry, and to be quick to hear. Even when I knew what I was hearing was wrong. And then understanding this, these 
people are confused. Many of them are just unregenerate, so they don't have the Spirit of God. They, they are natural people acting naturally. And then there are those that are malicious, and they are, as the Bible calls, angels of light, but are really workers of darkness coming in, trying to lead people astray intentionally. I think many times there's times when it's willful, and there's times when it's ignorant in the way that people behave, in the teaching that they're promoting. And that should always be called out. But I also think that there is a sense in which we as believers sometimes forget who Christ was for us, how he brought us along, how he brought us to a knowledge of the truth. It wasn't from somebody yelling in our face or shaking their fists at us. It was usually because of somebody that was kind and gentle, just as the gentle and lowly Savior that we serve and that received us into his flock. I think about what Paul says in Ephesians 4. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility, gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. Who is that? It's Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, it's okay to call out abuse. It is okay to call out false teaching. I think that's very important. It's even okay to call out people in the world when they're saying something that is wrong. But how you do that has a huge impact on the way that we proclaim Christ and what he's done for us. This has just been on my heart because I see what goes on online and it really breaks my heart. It just, I want to be there and I want to engage, but many times I just feel like people just want to argue about stuff just to argue. And I understand you have certain sides that say, well, I'm right. And you have other sides that say, well, I'm right. And there is one truth. There is no relative truth in this situation. But I think by God's grace, again, this is not a behaviorism 101 episode by any stretch of the imagination. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you understand that is not what we're about here. It is not about your behavior. Christ is everything. It's our union in Christ. But with that being said, act like who you are. Act like who you belong to. Proclaim Christ, not only in word, but in action. How? By asking the Spirit of God to grant you grace and to produce the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. I understand that is not an easy task at all, but it's not on us. It's on God to produce it in us, but we should be on our knees just as we did at the time when Christ regenerated us and beat our breast and said, have mercy on me, a sinner. And say the same thing, have mercy on me, a sinner, and grow the fruit of the Spirit in my life in the way that I respond to others, both believer and unbeliever, specifically online, (laughs) but in person as well. And Father, expose 
the deeds of darkness and expose false teaching and give me wisdom to know how to do that in a winsome way that brings glory to God. This is simply an appeal to my brothers and sisters in Christ. As you fight the good fight of faith, which is important, fight the good fight of faith. But brothers and sisters in Christ, my plea to you today is let's do that together in the unity of the Spirit, in the bond of peace, because of what Christ has done for us, because of his faithfulness and not ours. And let's bring glory to God in the way that we portray our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to thank you for joining the Broken Vessels podcast today, and we will see you next week.